5: Hello and welcome to Happy Beeps. I am your host, Jennifer Landa, and today... We're going back. Back to a time when Princess Nisa, Wicket, Latara, and Tebow entered children's homes every week in the 80s. That sounds like a horror film, but it wasn't. It was... (laughs) It was... The Ewoks cartoon ran for two seasons on ABC in 1985 and in 1986 when it was paired with the Droids cartoon to create the Ewoks and Droids Adventure Hour. We did it pretty good in the 80s. I've recently been rewatching the Ewoks cartoon thanks to my three-year-old daughter, who has become a fan of the show, and I have some thoughts. First of all, how was the show made? What were the writers thinking? And what involvement did George Lucas have in creating the series? On today's episode, we'll answer all of those questions, and I'll also share my reasons why I think it's time to reboot the Ewoks. It all started with that Boba Fett cartoon.
4: Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. The ship you seek is nearby.
5: The famous, or infamous, Boba Fett cartoon that aired during the Star Wars holiday special in 1978 was produced by Canadian animation studio Nelvana. The proper title of the animated short is actually The Story of the Faithful Wookiee, but most of us refer to it as just, you know, the weird Boba Fett cartoon. The animation style of the cartoon looks pretty retro now, but the colors still really pop, and it has a very comic book feel to it. George Lucas was so pleased with the way the Boba Fett cartoon turned out that he hired Nelvana to produce both the droids and Ewoks cartoons. Clive Smith was one of the original founders of Nelvana and a producer on both the droids and the Ewoks shows. He told Sci-Fi.com that there were a lot of discussions with producers at Lucasfilm and George himself to establish the look and tone of both shows. They had meetings about different designs, experimenting with the animation, and figuring out how the characters should look. The biggest challenge for Clive and his Nelvana team was to match every detail in their animated worlds to the already established brand of Star Wars. In terms of actual production of the shows, droids and Ewoks were treated as two separate entities. You can see that on screen, since the cartoons themselves have totally different animation styles. Even though the Ewoks series does have a 1980s feel to it, the animation actually still holds up pretty well. Its aesthetic fits right in with the other shows of that time, like the Gummy Bears or the Smurfs. The droid series, for me, it feels a little dated in terms of animation style, so it makes it harder to watch for me. But then again, I remember watching the Ewoks cartoon as a kid, but not the droids, so maybe my nostalgia is making me a bit biased.
0: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zeppound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.
4: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today.
5: Creating these shows took a lot of work, as every animated show does. The pre-production happened in Canada, but the actual animation production happened in Korea for the droids and Taiwan for the Ewoks. Nelvana oversaw all the work by having animation directors and their own effects people on site. Once a rough cut was assembled, ABC would give their notes and list of changes that needed to be made. They ultimately had the final approval on each episode since they were the network distributing the shows. The biggest hurdle Nelvana and Lucasfilm had to overcome each episode was broadcast standards and practices. During the 1980s, the broadcast standards and practices were very rigid when it came to aspects like weapons. Even if the weaponry was fantastical and outerworldly, if it looked like a weapon or a gun, it had to be cut from the show. Another concern for standards and practices was if a scene suggested an action a kid might try. In the case of the Ewoks, this often presented an issue if the Ewoks jumped out of a tree. Standards and practices would be concerned about the height the Ewoks were jumping from and if it would inspire kids to do the same. I hate to tell them, but many of us climbed and jumped out of trees immediately after seeing Return of the Jedi, so the damage was already done. Sorry. Another issue for s and was language. Now, I'm not even talking about using curse words. I'm talking about using words that are used in place of curse words. So, you know, darn, darn it, oh my gosh, and so on. This was extremely frustrating for the writers because s and would find even the most innocent Ewok expressions unsuitable to air. The writers came up with really silly words as a result. For example, a uh, lurdo, means a loser. Oh, Kavark basically means, oh crap. Oh, here's a weird one. Dangar! For the longest time, I thought they were shouting Dengar, you know, like the Corellian Bounty Hunter, and I was so confused. They're actually shouting Dengar, which means attack in Ewokese. But my favorite Ewok expression that my daughter has started saying is Ichiwawa, which means wow. But here again, I'm a little confused because the correct Iwaki's expression is Ichi-wa-ma but in the cartoon it sounds like they're saying Ichi-wa-wa and that's how my daughter is saying it so now basically that's the correct pronunciation in our household. Even writer Paul Dini, who wrote on the Ewok series for both seasons, said how restricted he felt by television standards and practices for network TV. As you know, Paul has worked on countless animated shows like Batman, the animated series, Justice League Action, and of course, the Clone Wars. Comparing his experience working on the Clone Wars versus the Ewoks, Paul told Newsarama in 2008, quote, Yes, I worked at the Skywalker Ranch for nearly four years on Ewoks and droids, but it wasn't the same. Those shows fell under the control of the very restrictive network broadcast standards at the time, and they could never be anything than basic Saturday morning cartoons. Some nice animation in some of them, but pretty much kid stuff. Clone Wars is the real thing, with a stunning artistic vision and characters playing for life and death stakes." End quote. Yeah, the Ewoks cartoon was kid stuff. That may not have been as fulfilling for the writers on the show, but as a viewer, it's what made the show awesome. My daughter is too young for the Clone Wars, she's too young for Star Wars Rebels, and even Star Wars Resistance. She loved the Freemaker adventures, but last year, I wanted to share with her one of the reasons I became a Star Wars fan, which is thanks to the Ewoks. So I found a playlist on YouTube, and together, we watched the Ewoks cartoon. Revisiting the series, I was surprised by how scary it can be. Like most cartoons, there are a few recurring villains that want to hurt the Ewoks. There's a scary sorceress named Morag, who, in one episode, captures the Wistie Queen and casts a spell on her so she sets the Ewoks' forest ablaze.
1: And from your fire shall spread the forest's death. Oh! <laughs>
5: I remember watching this episode with my daughter and thinking, I don't remember this show being this scary. Funny enough, the episode was written by Paul Dini. My daughter actually really likes this episode because she likes seeing the good Ewoks triumph over the evil Morag. I will say that the second season of the show is more in line with how I remembered it being as a kid.
3: is a little scary, but the
5: writing is clearly geared more towards younger children. The colors are also brighter, even though there isn't as much detail in the animation as there is in the first season. There are some dated tropes and messaging, like when Latara is kidnapped by the Gorf Queen, Slugga, who is trying to find a princess to marry her son. But overall, the show is fun and quirky and an easy watch if you're into Ewoks and mystical forces. <laughs> It has been fun for me as a parent to share this part of Star Wars with my daughter. So that got me thinking, Disney Plus is going to be creating new content. Why not reboot the Ewoks cartoon? Some might think this idea is doomed. I get it. In this day and age, when the angry mob attacks Lucasfilm for every move they make, why would they take that risk? Because it's not a risk. And who cares what the angry mob thinks anyways? They're a minority that spews outrage for clicks. Rebooting the Ewoks is a fantastic idea, in my opinion. And here are some of the reasons why. We need a Star Wars cartoon for younger kids. Star Wars Resistance is a great show, but it still skews more towards elementary middle school-aged kids. That's why it airs at 10 p.m. on Sunday nights on the Disney Channel. By having a new cartoon that centers around the Ewok characters, younger kids are naturally going to be drawn to the show. The stories don't have to be as simplistic as the rebooted Muppet Baby show on Disney Junior. And it doesn't have to be as formulaic as, say, you know, Puppy Dog Pals or Paw Patrol. I see it more as a Sophia the First type of show in that you have a fantastical world where the characters live, so naturally exciting and magical things happen. The morals and life lessons Sophia deals with each episode are complex and more than just good versus evil stories. I imagine Sophia the First was an expensive show to make, especially because there are musical numbers in every episode, so maybe that's not the best example for my Ewoks reboot. Perhaps we could look to the rebooted My Little Pony Friendship is Magic as a guide instead. Again, this show deals with life lessons that are deep, and complicated, especially because the conflict often happens between friends as opposed to an evil outside force. The show centers around a community of ponies that work hard to make their land of Equestria the best home for every pony. Each pony has a job, or rather a talent, that helps them contribute to their community in a unique way.
1: Ever since the map called us, I've been doing a ton of research, testing out potential friendship problems, Diversifying my solution portfolio. How would it look if I couldn't solve a friendship problem?
5: Applejack is great at farming. Fluttershy is nurturing and good with animals. Pinkie Pie is gregarious, energetic, and ever the optimist. These archetypal characters are common in cartoons, but they're an effective way to tell a story to kids. You can see it in the Smurfs with Brainy Smurf, Handy, Hefty, and so on. You can see it in the original Ewoks cartoon where Tebow is the comic relief, Nisa is the voice of reason, and Wicket is the brave young wannabe warrior. Adults may roll their eyes at these archetypal characters, but kids love them. They see themselves in each of these characters, or rather see what they want or don't want to be in these characters. Also, centering a show around a group of creatures or animals rather than people is especially appealing to young kids. Which leads me to my second point, and that is that the Ewoks are the perfect gateway into Star Wars. If it worked in 1983, it will work in 2019. The Ewoks are one of the biggest reasons I fell in love with Star Wars. Their forest moon of Endor seemed so real. Little did I know it was because it was shot in Northern California. But the Ewoks were cute and they were also ferocious, little warriors, and I, being a small child, love that aspect of their personalities. The Battle of Endor is a true David and Goliath type of story where the little furry guys win and the evil empire loses. The reason an Ewoks reboot isn't a risk is because there are a lot of people in my generation that grew up on the Ewoks and that now have children. They may not be uber Ewok stands like myself, but they have some childhood nostalgia related to the murder bears. Even if a parent doesn't know or care about the Ewoks, when they're browsing the Disney Plus app, if they see a thumbnail of a group of happy and cute furry creatures under the Star Wars banner, it might be enough for that parent to select the show for their kid. I think the Ewoks are a great introduction to Star Wars because you don't have to know anything about Rebels the Empire, the Resistance, the Partisans, or any of the wars. It's a simpler side of Star Wars where you don't have to know anything about the lore or canon. Which leads me to my third point. What interests me most about the Ewoks cartoon is the ability to tell stories within a familiar timeline without stepping on established canon. The original Ewoks cartoon takes place between the events of The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and I think the reboot could do the same. The Ewoks could have their own adventures on Endor with new characters, whether they are friends or foes, who pop in each episode. If you look at how each My Little Pony episode is structured, the stories are self-contained. I mean, eventually the show expanded into Equestria Girls, but the majority of the seasons revolve around the ponies having a different moral adventure every episode. And at the end of each episode, they hammer home where that moral is, and then all the ponies laugh and it fades to black. Kids love it. Parents like myself enjoy it, because they throw in jokes for us. Everyone wins. My point is that us fans often get hung up on what is or isn't canon, or how a story ties into the larger Star Wars galaxy. I don't need my Ewoks reboot to do that. The story should revolve around the Ewok tribe and how they function as a community. Find the conflict within their group, and if there are outside forces threatening to harm them, make them new characters that have nothing to do with the Empire or Jedi. They could be other creatures, like the gangly green Dulocs from the original cartoon. You could bring back the whisties, throw in an evil force-sensitive witch. There's so much to mine without having to address Darth Vader or the Emperor. Of course, at some point, you may have to address the giant Sith Lord in the room, like the original Ewoks cartoon did. In the Ewok series finale titled Battle for the Sunstar," it shows the Empire discovering the Endor Moon, where it would later construct the Death Star. The episode features stormtroopers and an Imperial officer named Admiral Kaz. The evil villain in the episode is a man named Dr. Rhaegar, who wants to steal the Ewok Sunstar and use it to overthrow the Emperor.
1: First, I'll test my weapon on you, and then use it to destroy the Emperor. Once he is gone, I will use the Sun Star to make me Emperor.
5: (laughs) (laughs) They never show the Emperor in the episode, but his presence is felt. It's a cool episode, but in my opinion, you don't ever have to go there if you don't want to open a cannon can of worms. While I love the Clone Wars, I think it would be great to have a more Saturday morning type of Star Wars cartoon with simple, simple, self-contained
1: stories
5: (laughs) the final reason why i think an ewoks reboot is a good idea is because we need more star wars cartoons since the clone wars we've grown accustomed to having event star wars animated shows meaning that each week Fans watch a new episode of The Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels, and then spend the rest of the week breaking down the story arcs and characters' choices. This has been an important aspect of our fandom, but now we are entering a new era thanks to Disney+, where Star Wars content will be readily available and on demand. Watching shows like The Mandalorian will definitely be an event, but there's plenty of room for more Star Wars shows that cater to the younger crowd and that don't have to be water-cooler TV. Disney Plus is an exciting new streaming platform that obviously has a ton of brand recognition. But Netflix is currently king in terms of the amount of content they have. Netflix has so much original animated shows for kids along with other studios' content. Maybe it's the algorithm, but every week it seems like there's a new cartoon available for my daughter. I think the way they do it is because much of the original content is not as high quality as, say, a Disney Junior show. Maybe they're able to produce the content cheaper, which is how they're able to churn out the episodes faster. But if Disney wants to compete with Netflix, I don't think they should stop producing high-quality animated shows. Rather, I think they should produce more of them. The more shows you have, the more variety you can offer in animation style and stories. While the majority of current Disney Junior shows use 3D animation, there are some like Lion Guard and Marvel Superhero Adventures that use traditional 2D animation. Should the Ewoks reboot use 2D animation? Sure! Could it be a 3D animated show? Why not? I think whichever is cheaper and quicker to produce is the way to go. I may not have believed that a year ago, but after seeing how much my daughter enjoys watching a grainy version of the original Ewoks cartoon. I think kids won't care as long as the stories are enjoyable and entertaining to watch. So that is my pitch for why Lucasfilm and Disney should reboot the Ewoks cartoon. Obviously, I'd love to see new Ewoks stories, but even if it doesn't happen, the adventures of Wicked and Nisa live on, just like the other stories and legends. Whenever my daughter and I want to visit Bright Tree Village, all it takes is the click of a button. Chihuahua. Thank you for listening to this episode of Happy Beeps. What do you think? Would you green light my idea? Come on, don't be alerto. <laughs> Let me know what you think on Twitter at JenniferLanda, hashtag Happy Beeps, or on my Facebook page. I'm also on Instagram, YouTube at JenniferLanda. Special thanks to Tony Thaxton for our Happy Beeps theme songs. If you like Star Wars songs, be sure to check out his page at patreon.com slash cloudcitysoundtrack. You know, he could even write a Star Wars song for you. And as always, if you want to find out how to support what we do here at Force Center, you can visit our site at patreon.com slash Thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, dangar and beep bop boop.